Thanks, Mel. I didn't found it. I was one of the st founding staff, just to clarify that, just in case anyone online sees that and says, uh, excuse me. Um, how's everyone going this morning? Great. Fantastic. I'm going to mess your church up, so it's going to be awesome. Um, just want to thank uh, Pastor Mel and, and Jacob, who obviously isn't here, he's ministering somewhere else, just for the opportunity to come and, and share with you this morning. And always a great joy to be in church with people who really love God. And um, my wife and I have been in ministry for, her parents have been in ministry for like three generations. My my mum and dad have been in church stuff all their life. And um, But the church to me was a pretty weird place and I didn't really like the church much when I was growing up I thought it was a I won't say I can't really say it here but it wasn't one of those places where I thought it was like hey this is the cool place to be in town uh, it definitely wasn't and um, not for me and um, but God got a hold of my life at 17 and uh, you know in a very supernatural way for me God had to speak to me that way because to me if he wasn't real then I didn't want to have a bar of it. Um, so I need you to look at me not with stone cold church faces as if you're assessing what I'm doing and you're going to give me a score out of 10. Um, I need you to be real people in here. How many of you know that everyone out there, including you in here, have issues going on in your life? Just look at your neighbour and say, you got issues. And so I'm, I'm not going to preach to you like I'm a professional. I want to talk to you this morning as someone who's very, very real. Um, the world is looking for authentic voices. They're looking for authentic community. They're looking for an authentic uh, gospel, not something that is formulated in a cookie-cut manner. Uh, today, the institutional church, whether you realize it or not, is actually starting to, to crumble and fall apart as God is actually uh, redesigning the systems that are inside those constructs and actually trying to break his people out. Okay, let me tell you something. The best preachers in the world are sitting right in front of me. Hello? The best ministers are sitting right in front of me right now. And God is looking for a people who aren't just going to sit and come and consume sermons and messages. Hello? Hello? Hello, I'm just going to be myself this morning. I don't know what you came to hear. I'm not interested in trying to entertain anybody. It's just not my thing. Um, so I heard this uh, statement recently by an American poet. His name's Jack Gilbert. He said, The pregnant heart is driven to hopes that are the wrong size for this world. And this morning, what I'm really praying for is that your hearts would breathe again with the things of God and the stuff of heaven so you can be His salt and light out in the world that you live. The church is the prophet of its community. If its voice is not heard, the community will not change. And that voice is found in all of us. Everybody say all of us. And I just found in someone like me, yes, I believe that there is a five-fold gifting in the scriptures that talks about people that are sent to equip the saints, but that is the point. My job is not to entertain you, give you a good sermon and you go home. My job is to furnish you this morning and put something in you this morning that when you walk away from here, you're better equipped to do whatever it is that you are doing for the, for the glory of God. I'm getting amens from the front. Can I get any amens from the back? Can you be a black church this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, if, you pre if you ever go to Uganda, I'm telling you right now, they'd be screaming their head off, okay? We Aussies, it was all like, yeah, when we go to the footy, we'd be like, freaking go, mate, go! 
dog. Kick that stuff. Yeah, dog. Who goes for the dockers in here? Father. I feel, I feel alone. Um, anyway, praise the Lord. So for me, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm more of a prophetic sort of leader and minister. I, I do bring you greetings from my church, Urban Church, my senior pastors, Ali and Steve Cawthorn. Uh, they've got a great anointing service. So hey, guys, I can see you online. Um, I, I had a vision when uh, Pastor Mel asked me to come and speak. And so some of what I'm sharing this morning is going to be uh, specific to those of you who are part of this community. And some of you, you know, you might just be coming in, but you can take this too and hopefully it will speak to you. But I had a vision of a jar of oil. And when as I saw this jar, it was all cracked and splintered and chipped. And what I felt like the Lord was what I'm saying is like he's, the Lord's healing and restoring, reforming this house. into a vessel that he's going to pour out healing and grace from. And I saw God welding the cracked and splintered pieces together with like pure gold. And, and don't look at what was. This is what I feel like God's saying. Don't look at what was. Look at what will be. Hello? I said look at what will be. If I get more excited about your vision than you do, we've got problems. Look at what will be. Yeah? Everyone's got something to bring to the table. And I felt that the Spirit of God was saying that there's, there is some more seasons of testing ahead. We all would like that. You know, there's seasons of, of trials, but, but there's also going to be new grace being imparted to this church for pioneering and fresh expressions of the kingdom. How many of you are ready to keep going? To pioneer some new stuff? Yeah? God is always creating. Yeah? Um, uh, can I say something to you that if you're waiting for permission from your leaders to do the stuff God told you, you might be waiting a long time. I just give you permission, amen. Yeah? The Father already gave you permission to be who you were called to be. Stop waiting for someone to validate you. The Father already said you're awesome. The Father already said you're accepted in Him. So be that. Yeah? Sometimes we go to church. I've been in church for 20 years. So I've, I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. It's, and there can be heaps of ugly. And just, just be who God made you to be. Yeah, some of you need to shed off some old versions of yourself. Yeah? Oh, Father. That's good. Go with me to 2 Kings chapter 4. So God's doing something specific in this place. I love the worship this morning. Sometimes, you know, you just don't want to, I just want to stay there. I don't care about anything else. Where is that little lady? Where is she at? Little keyboardist. <laughs> what, I forgot, what was your first name again? Erin. Karen, that was close. Um, Karen, just just to encourage you while you're playing, like, you know, this is a simple word, but sometimes simple is okay. And this is what I felt like God just wanting to encourage your spirit with to say to you that you are a voice of acceptance to so many people. And you're also a bearer of justice. And so your voice of acceptance and heart for justice culminated together is such a healing factor to so many people. And it's almost like I got this sense like, there's been, there's been almost like a, like a blanket of where the enemy's tried to chuck rejection on you. He's tried to throw stuff over you. And the Lord says, no, you are my accepted child. 
you are my accepted daughter and I place my hand on you for such a time as this and you be bold, you be that person, you step out no, no matter what. And even when the fear creeps up and it tells you that you can't do it, the Father wants you to know I'm in you and I'm with you. And as you speak, he'll speak for you. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, he's speaking on your behalf. So you keep speaking, girl. You keep going there. Oh, la, 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 yeah. Okay, here we go. Verse 1. One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elijah and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elijah asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Everybody say, what do you have in your house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elijah said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors and then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. And so she did as she was told and her sons kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after the other soon every container was full to the brim bring me another jar she said to her sons there aren't any more he told her and then the olive oil stopped flowing and when she told the man of God what had happened he said to her now sell the olive oil pay your debts and you and your sons can live on what is left over what is in your house you know sometimes we are looking for answers outside that are actually right in front of us i want to suggest to you this morning that the things that you're looking for from god are not far away from you they're right there in your house they're in your house look at your neighbor and say they're in the house because sometimes what we do is we will actually push off to the external and we push it over onto god and when god says no it's in you you're made in god's image made in his likeness some of the answers you're craving and looking for they're in here out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks jesus the bible says that guard your heart with all all, all diligence because out of your heart flow the issues of life it's your heart where a lot of things are waiting to come out and so god is wanting to encourage i believe this house this morning to start to look at what is in this house you know, and if you're from outside of this space, what is in your house? What is it that God, what is that place of need where God's trying to enlarge your capacity? See, for this woman, she was, she was having to, she was in a place of need. She was in a really difficult spot. The creditors are knocking on the doors. Anyone ever had that? You know, the bills are coming, the speeding fines, you know, my wife. No, she do not get them. She, I get them, I get them, I get them. Um, you know, and, and you know, one of the ways that God will actually enlarge our capacity is through challenges and difficulty and pain. Hello? Yeah, heaps. You'll learn more through pain than you will through success. Don't get me wrong. Success has its own lessons to teach us. But pain is something that, and suffering is something that when we go through those points, there's an enlarging that can take place. If we aren't careful, we can also shrink and, and, and pull back, but that, that's the test. That's where faith is needed. That's where we've got to press in to God. So, you know, how uh, difficulty has this way of pulling stuff out of, it, out of you. And, and when you think about it, like here's a widow. She's a widow woman. She's on her own. She's got this kid. She's desperate, man. And creditors are knocking on your door and saying, hey, I'm going to take everything you're going and I'm going to sell your sons. Or I'm going to take your sons as slaves. That's a pretty desperate situation. 
And then Elijah says to her, go and ask your friends and your neighbors for stuff. One thing is the capacity of God changing stuff in us also comes from our heart. But there's also a point where we actually have to surrender and realize that we also need help. And so she's called to go and speak to these people. You know, it's a humbling thing to go and ask for help. Now, men, you just need to stop being prideful. Okay? Me too. We're the worst. We're so proud. I'm, mind you, human condition, we're all pretty, pretty proud. We don't like asking for help. We don't like saying that. And imagine this woman. She, if she didn't do what God asked her to do and instructed her through, through Elijah, she would never have seen that breakthrough. Can I say to you that sometimes it's just in that simple act of humility to ask for help where your breakthrough can actually come? Yeah, it can come. How many of you have had somebody just come in at the, at the last moment and help you? Show me your hands. Yeah? How many of you have seen that happen? I tell you right now, we need each other. More than ever before, we need each other. We're in the communities where there's such isolation. It's crazy. We need one another. You can be in a room full of people and still feel like you are on your own. Even in the church. Hello. <laughs> Don't ever think that someone doesn't need your help. Sometimes it's just, uh, the strongest people are often ignored. People don't look, don't realize, you know, Pastor Mel, she may look strong, but she needs help. She needs a lot of help because she married a Jacob, but <laughs> I, I said that out loud. Bless you, bro. But, you know, just imagine, you've got to put yourself in that woman's shoes, fear, embarrassment, all the different things that come in to tell us not to engage in some of that stuff. But there's definitely one thing that I see in this story is this, is that bold faith never grows by being comfortable. And what I, what I really want to encourage you is that God is actually trying to, to encourage our faith this morning. But it takes us stepping out of some of our comfortable norms of the way we operate. New confidence and new boldness come from seeking God's word out. For the widow, it was Elijah. She sought the prophet out. For us, it's Christ. We want bold faith. We want new confidence. We, have to, we find it in the person of Jesus. Yeah? And Jesus is actually the testimony. He's the true, he's the true spirit of prophecy. You know, when, when, when prophetic stuff comes into your world, know this, that J Jesus is actually trying to reveal himself in a fresher way in your life. He's trying to bring you closer to him. Everything about it. It's not about a wow word. It's about Jesus. You know, I, um, I heard this, that expectation is the fertile ground for miracles. And expectation and faith go together. Yeah, and the Bible says you only need a seed, just a little bit. It's a little bit of that to make stuff change. And uh, as a as a church, you know, I was talking to Pastor Mel and Jacob, and you know, you've had twelve years of operating and under grace and through different forms and versions of this community, and. Um, the, word, the, the number 12, you know, I, I felt like God saying, you faced your giants, you faced your quitting points, you faced betrayals, but now new faith is being released into this house. Would you just do me a favor for a moment? Why don't you just hold your hands up to the Lord? 
Father, I just thank you right now for that word. I thank you, God, that it's not me that can do that. Only you can do this. So, Father, I thank you for a release of that spirit of faith, a spirit of faith, Lord, to come fresh upon every single person in this room today who is seeking after you. Lord, I thank you that there will be an impartation right now, Father, that when they leave this place, their confidence and their boldness would rise and increase because of your Spirit working in them and over them in Jesus' name. You know, the number 12 in the Bible is actually the symbol of faith. It's, it's, it, it represents the, 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 the rule of the church, the governance of the church, the 12 apostles, the 12 gates of heaven. It talks about this thing of, 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 of rulership and faithfulness. And, and this is what I felt like God saying to uh, you guys is that, that uh, there's, there's, a, there's a completed faithfulness that has happened in here. Sometimes you don't realize, you know, I'm, I'm coming from the outside in. There, this, there's a completion of faithfulness that has taken place because of your hearts. And like this, this is going to be a time for a new harvest. This is the other thing I felt like God saying to me and just dropping in my heart. So I can only share what I, I hear. And this is the thing is that there's going to be a new harvest in this place. About three of you are going to say amen to it. I said, I said there's going to be a fresh harvest in here. And it's going to come out of that faith, that confidence, that, that, that thing in you that says, hey, I'm, I'm saying amen to God's already spoken yes. God's already said yes to you. Yes to his promises. Yes to all the things that you want to see happen in your life. The question is, will you say amen? Amen meaning so be it. So be it. So be it, Lord. Completed faithfulness. And the, the new harvest, there's a distinctive, I, I just got this sense, and, and, and I just got it even when I came in here again, it's just that this is a place of family, a place of community, a place of the fire of God's presence, yeah? And let me tell you something, the fire of God's presence just doesn't manifest in brimstone and judgment. Uh, it manifests in love and warmth and acceptance and justice and mercy and kindness and all those different things. I tell you what, God's calling people to his fire to warm their hearts. And this is what this place will become. It, it, it has it. It's already here. It's already here. And, uh, you know, genuine holiness. Holiness is a beautiful thing. We've made it a really, like, you know... <laughs> What, are you, what are pickles? You know, like, like you look at some Christians, it looks like that's all they drink every day. And it's like, holiness is about joy. It's about enjoying God. Yeah. Okay? It's not about, oh, don't do this and don't do that. It's about walking so close to God that everything else around you doesn't even, you know, it doesn't draw you out. It doesn't attract you anymore. And you become separate to God. You become just His. You, 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 all this other stuff doesn't matter. The worldly goods, you know, the money or the cars, the houses, all, all, you know, all those things are constructs anyway. God doesn't care about them. He's got streets made out of gold worth more than your house. Hello. God's rich. You know that, don't you? He's loaded. So anyone who thinks they're impressive, you know, to God, it's like, whatever. One of my little pavers. Here you go, pal. Anyway, just a thought. You know, success and failure really have little to do with the gospel. Faith does. You know, walking on water far outweighs the comfort of sitting in the boat. And some of you are in here and you're sitting in the boat. Some of you are walking on the water. Some of you are far right out. 
But either way, God's calling us all out. Yeah, he wants us to walk on water. Just look at your neighbor and say, get out of the boat. Bold faith comes from one place and one place only. It comes from Jesus. But the thing is, see, we can be, if we're not careful, we can, um, we can just get satisfied with a touch of God's presence and then we can walk out and we think, okay, because i got this feeling or this sensation, hey, there's more. God's wanting to do something a lot deeper than you getting goosebumps. And, you know, all of us, we come to God because we've, we've got needs or we've got things going on in our life. We need forgiveness. We need hope. We need healing. But there's a second touch, I believe, that where we don't just experience the work of Jesus' hands. We actually experience a clear vision of seeing who He really is in our lives. So what's in your house? The second question I want to ask you this morning is what is in your eyes? What's in your eyes? Go with me quickly to um, the book of Mark, chapter 8. And verse 22. I have no idea what time is, but we'll get there. Got to hurry up. Verse 22, it says, When Jesus arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, begging him to touch him. And heal him. I'm sort of stuck right here in just a minute. Just caught my attention. It says some people, some people brought a blind man to Jesus. Some people. You don't even know who those people were. It records the story of the blind man. It doesn't necessarily record the story of the some people. Can I say to you, the some people is right here. You're the some people. No one may ever know what you do for the kingdom of God, but God knows. Something can I share with you intimately? I've been in ministry for a while, and one of the things that God said to me just only a year ago, and it just broke me down. I just sobbed and sobbed. He said, "Because I didn't, you know, sometimes you get you want validation from people, you want thanks from people, you want people to notice, and uh, they're all fine things to have, but ultimately, they can start to create dysfunction and distortions in your heart and your thinking, where you start to feel all sorts of resentment, and you can build up a whole bunch of stuff in your soul. And guess what? You don't even realize." I'm standing in a meeting, at the end of the meeting, God just says to me, he says, Mark, I will be your thank you and I will be your reward. Can I say to you that God's thank you is better than any human thank you and God's reward is better than any human reward. And if no one ever sees the love and kindness and mercy and grace that you give to other people, he does. And he will reward you. Trust me, he will. He's that good. He's that good. I don't know what that was about. To some people. Okay. He brought the blind man to Jesus, begging him to touch him and heal him. And so Jesus led him as his sighted guide outside the village. This is interesting that Jesus leads him outside of a space in order to heal his sight. Sometimes God will remove you from a place to get your vision back. Hello. Oh, that was a good word right there. Sometimes you need to leave a circumstance, leave a situation, leave a space. Don't leave this space, but leave a space to get your, your sight back. Some of you, you can be in the middle of all sorts of contexts where there's constructs and judgment and all sorts of that. Does somebody know what I'm talking about in here? And you literally have to leave the room to get your sight back, get your head back, get your heart back. So Jesus leads him out. 
It says he placed, he, he, that book, my Bible says he spat on the man's eyes and covered them with his hands. Now, I did laugh a little bit because then he says, now can you see anything? I said, Lord, you just spat in my eyes. <laughs> of course I can't. No. Um, then he says, my sight is coming back. I'm beginning to see people, but they look like trees. And here's the second touch. And then it says, Jesus put his hands over the man's eyes a second time. The first touch created something, started, something started to happen, like we get in that presence of God. But the second touch of Jesus comes. And then it says, the man opened his eyes wide and he could see everything perfectly. His eyesight was completely restored. And then Jesus sent him home. We need a second touch. God wants to give you new vision, bold vision, new confidence. You know, the second touch is where we become so hungry for the Lord, where we say this, we're like this, genuinely, we're like, Lord, I appreciate that you touched me the first time. I'm hungry for a second touch. I need you to touch me again. I need you to speak. I need you to put your hands on my eyes again so I can see. Look at your neighbor and say, what's in your eyes? Some of you have had prophetic words in this room, I'm sure of it. But the prophetic is actually here, the voice of, of God is here to actually heal our vision. The prophetic heals our vision of the future and it releases hope and comfort and encouragement to our world to believe for a bigger reality than what we're currently experiencing. I sometimes wonder if we could peel back this reality to see God's reality, how we would live. God is desperately trying to get our attention and touch our hearts and touch our eyes. You know, the, the, the widow didn't realize what she had in front of her until she acted in faith on that prophetic word. You know, what are the promise of God in your life that you've stopped saying amen to? See, in a room this size, I know you can come in with all variants of emotion. Some of you will be coming in really high off a week. Some of you will be coming in flat as a tack. And you know what? God sees all of that, and he meets us where we are. That's why I like Jesus. You know, but this, this widow, she, her, her movement, God, I'll say this, God's movement and capacity in your life and my life is only as great as the size and number of containers we choose to bring to him. What are you bringing to him? Walking with God is a partnership. It's a relationship. It's not a one-way gig. God's waiting. You're waiting on God. Can I say this to you? God's waiting on you. Waiting on you. I remember when um, my oldest son was born just beforehand, I was out gardening. God will always talk to you when you're gardening, by the way. I think he's, he's into it, um, to all the gardeners in the room. And um, <coughs> he, I remember I was going through a different season of my life and I, I asked the Lord this question. Don't ever ask the Lord questions if you don't want to get the answer. He said this, I said, Lord, I said, why is it when I call you, why is it when I, when I call to you, you don't answer me? Have you ever been there? Yeah. And as quick as that, 
he said, Mark, why when I, when I speak to you and I invite you, you don't come? And he says, you answer your own questions. You're your own God. And you talk about getting hit. God is very personal and he's very real. And for me, that's the biggest thing I want to communicate to you is that God is not far away. He's right here. He's right there when you're gardening, when you're looking after your children, when you feel crap and you're lying in bed. I just said crap on live. It's like God's everywhere. He's in everything. And he's, he, he's um, even in that. Oh, little darling. Father. Heal that little tyke. I thought it was my kid. But the greatest container we can bring to God is our heart. So what's in your heart? Just look at your neighbor and say, what's in your heart? And look, because of pain, because of struggle, because of our humanity, because of life, things can get in there. And we don't realize they're there. And last year, I, I had the joy of going to Uganda with my daughter. And uh, we were at a meeting. And, um, you know, it was great. You know, electric. It was incredible. You know, lots of people. And, you know, if you've never been to an African church, you should go. You bless your socks off. But um, music's going through the roof. And, uh, and they're just praising in the dirt. And it's off the grid. And, <coughs> and uh, at the end of it, I'm really tired. So I... They had supper and I just wanted to be, have a moment just to be by myself. And I was sitting inside the hall, much like this. They've packed up all the chairs, they're like to the roof. And um, behind these chairs that were sort of over on this side of the hall, I'm sitting down on the stage like just here. And all of a sudden this guy comes out from behind those chairs. His legs are, his legs are buckled and he's, and he's walking with a, like, like on crutches. <clears throat> he comes straight up to me and he goes, no, 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 hello. He just goes, I want to walk. And I'm like, oh. I didn't go, oh, hallelujah. Yeah, I was just like, man, I'm so tired. And then <clears throat> I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, man. And there's this other guy packing, packing the chairs up. And I said, hey, bro, what's your name? And he goes, Moses. I said, Moses, you'll do right now. We need all the help we can get. Moses, come over here. <laughs> and so this guy is um, standing in front of us and Moses and I begin to pray for this guy for him to be healed. And as we're praying, you know, we're, we're, we're saying, hey, let's, let's help him pick him up and just pray as we hold him up. And so we were, we'd hold, we were holding him up and we were walking. We're praying for at least 30 minutes, I reckon. Um, and we're walking um, him up and down, like probably to where my brother is at the back there, I think, in the, on, the, on the seat. And, and so we're holding him up and we're praying, Lord, we just thank you for healing his, in his legs and in his body. And we went up and down, up and down. And about the third time, that third leg, as we're going to, to make it, and we're still holding him up. I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, let him go. 
don't hold him up anymore. And I was like, no way. <laughs> He's going to hit the deck like a sack of potatoes. All right. Listen, this is where your faith gets tested. We talk about, can I be really real with you? Sometimes we talk about miracles, but we're not actually willing to put ourselves in a position where God can do them. And here I am, I've just preached to this massive crowd of people about faith. And then here I am being tested by God in that moment, right at the end with this one person. No one's going to see this. And, I, and he goes, God goes, the Holy Spirit, and I, I just disobeyed the Holy Spirit. I was just, no, no, come on, keep praying. I'm not letting you go, brother. We walked up a little bit more and the Holy Spirit said it again. Let him go. I still didn't do it. Third time, it was louder. Let him go and stop holding him up. And I looked at this guy and I was so apologetic. I said, I'm, I'm apologizing for what the Lord told me to tell him. I was like, listen, dude, I'm so sorry, man. I don't want to, I don't want to let you go. I, I just think you're going to hit the dirt. But honestly, but I feel like the Holy Spirit saying, they'll let you go. So we're going to let you go. Okay? We're literally going to let you go. We're going to let you go right now. <laughs> and no word of a lie. We let him go and he started walking by himself from here to here and backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards multiple times over without us holding him up, without us doing anything. I said, when's the last time you were able to do that? He said, 15 years ago. My daughter is looking through the window, singing There Can Be Miracles from the Prince of Egypt. It was a powerful moment. I just I felt it coming through. So she witnessed what had happened. I literally got my phone out to video him walking, and the Holy Spirit goes, don't you dare. Because I could have put it up on Instagram and been famous. Amen. Whatever. But in that moment, this is what I felt the Holy Spirit say is that he goes, I don't need you to hold up my miracles, Mark. I need you to simply believe on me. And some of us are try so busy trying to hold up the stuff of God in our life, we don't realize that it's God who's holding us. Hello? I'm a, I'm a like a go-get-em-now person. I'm... Yeah, I like my ducks lined up. But faith doesn't work when we have all the answers. Faith works with just simple trust. If you want new confidence and new boldness, like I said before, just like the widow, just like the blind man, it takes us to step out into a space that we're, that we're uncomfortable in. Yeah? I'm going to ask um, the worship legend to come up. Um, why don't you stand to your feet this morning? Jesus, you're the author of faith. You know, one thing I, I, I had, just thinking about this, you know, I know it's, it's hard to be bold and it's hard 
to, to feel faith or to have that sense of confidence when you've felt defeated, when disappointments come, when you've been overlooked and when people have hurt you. Life has come and thrashed the heck out of you. You're not looking at someone who hasn't gone through stuff in life. I've gone through plenty. I just don't have the time to share it with you. But can I say to you, no matter where you're at in life, is that with God, there's always hope. And um, I, I got this sense yesterday afternoon, and I'm not sure who this is for or might be for a few people, is that there's someone here or maybe a few of you here, and your, your heart and your whole chest just feels like it's in knots and it's crushed by a weight of heaviness and thoughts of quitting are just constantly bombarding you. And I asked my son to go and ask the Lord for a word for this morning. And this is the word that he got, which was about there's someone going through just this and God wants to raise you up. He wants you to rise up and it's time to rise up. And um, even though you feel faithless, his faithfulness, his unwavering love towards you is working. And he wants you to know that he's, he says you're, you're a child of faith. And if you're in here and that's you, or it might be a few of you, can you just do me a favor? No embarrassment. Just, just could you just slip your hand up really quickly and just say, that's me? Yep. I'm just going to pray for those people right now just very quick. If you can just join me, church, and we're just going to believe for them. Father, I just thank you right now for those who are in that space, Lord. And I thank you for that word. God, that says uh, that you will be faithful even when we feel faithless. And right now, Lord, I break fear and I break any uh, aspect of, of, of where the enemy has come to try and lie or cause them to quit. Lord, right now, today, I thank you, Lord, never, never again let that voice come back. Father, I thank you that your voice rise up in them and rise up through them in the name of Jesus. Today will be a new day of boldness and confidence and faith. And Father, I thank you that not only do you heal what's in their house, you heal what's in their eyes, but Father, you heal what is in their hearts today. In Jesus' name I pray, Father. You know, I believe Jesus is saying to this church that to bring in what's in your house, no matter how small and insignificant you might think it is, and believe Him to do the impossible as a church, and personally and individually. And I felt the Lord just wanting to encourage some of you today to say, I'm going to turn your point of need into a place of provision. You want more? Then I want to encourage you to step out of the comfortable and embrace your identity as His kids. This church... I'll say boldly, you're going to be a church filled with the oil of God's Spirit. Just like the jars, there's going to be many containers. They're all going to look different, but this will be a house of anointing. Grace Church, would you do me a favor and just lift your hands one more time to heaven? Father, I thank you. You never call me into a space to just speak a simple or a basic word, but you always have something specific to say to your people and Lord I just declare over this house that it shall be just that a house of anointing oil a house of healing and a house of your unconditional grace Father that it would be a place of safety where people would come in and find you and know you and grow in their identity in you and Father I thank you for that boldness and faith in every single heart 
this day, Holy Spirit, seal that faith in them to carry what you've called them to carry. Father, I thank you. The many containers, the different shapes, but oil, all, all carrying your oil to this world and to the places where they live. And Lord, I declare this room filled. Harvest come in the name of Jesus. Father, I break limitations over this place. Father, I declare growth. And, and, and an expansion, Father, and a spreading out in the name of Jesus. Let it begin today, Father, from today, I pray. Father, in Jesus' name. Melissa, you know, I, I just felt, uh, Pastor Mel, that God just wanted to encourage you. Don't doubt what He's placed inside of you. I felt the Lord saying it's time to not hide anymore the dreams that I've placed in your heart. Business and marketplace is a calling that is on your life. And I see multiple businesses inside of you. And, and you're not to apologize for the grace that God has given to you. I felt like he's just wanting to, you to, to, to know, daughter, that that is part of your DNA. That is who he's made you to be. And while you are doing this, there's also other children that are growing inside your womb that God wants you to begin to dream afresh for these businesses and these businesses I believe will not only strengthen you personally they will be like water to your soul but they're going to be nets that minister to people in a broader society and remember the God saying remember that it's the Lord who gives you the ability to get wealth and right now father I just thank you for any limitations of her of thinking any any stuff that has come to try and sit in her mind that tells her she has to fit into this box or be this person or do this sort of thing to be that good leader lord today i thank you father freedom i declare over her mind and over her heart father in the name of jesus that she would be who you called her to be the fullest version of herself your child your daughter fully unlocked in the name of jesus i unlock all that stuff right now in the name of Jesus, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now. I thank you for it, God. I thank you for it, God. I'm just going to be bold and step out. Sometimes I get it wrong. Sometimes I get it right. But I had these two names, and I'm not 100% sure, but I'll put it out there because, I'm, you know, I don't know everything. I kept getting the name Deb or Debbie or Deborah. I don't know if that means anything to anyone. Is there anyone here that that name means someone, something to? Is that, who's, is that, is that your name? Yeah, can, can, can I pray for you? And, that, and the other lady at the back, is that your name as well? Is there two Debbies in here? Oh, wow. I love it. Don't you love it when God does that? It scares the life out of me. That's cool. Maybe come over here. Maybe someone stand behind them. Cause I don't know if they'll fall over. Hopefully you don't. Um, can you guys just stretch? I need your faith as well as a family just around uh, these people. Father, I thank you. For, for Deborah and De are you both Debras? Deb, Deborah, Debbie, oh, to the two Debs. Can I just put my hand on your shoulder, Deb? Father, I thank you right now. Every burden and every weight that has tried to hold back and hold down, lift off. Lift off in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you right now. Deb, I just sense the Lord wanting you to know it. And same for, for my other sister is that he knows both of you by name. And he did this on purpose to share with a stranger, to let you to, to know that he knows you by name and to get your attention to say he sees the needs of your heart. He sees the current 
issues and pressures that you're going through. And he wants you to know that his hand is over you and that you are not alone, that he is working on your behalf, that the stuff that you're believing for shall come to pass. It will happen. Don't give up on my dream. Don't give up on my purpose. Don't give up on my word that I've spoken to you. I sense God's just saying your heart has felt stretched and your heart has felt like, God, I don't know if I can hold on anymore. But God says, no, my daughter, I'm putting in you new confidence. I'm putting in you new faith. I'm putting in you new boldness. You are a fighter. You're a warrior. You're a woman of, of, of prayer. You're a woman who knows how to go to God. And so, Father, I thank you right now. Let a fresh, a fresh spirit of, of grace just come and rest upon my sisters father i pray in the name of jesus i pray lord that what's in their house would expand and grow father what's in their eyes would begin to be clear again father and i pray lord there would be also god a, a refreshing of the heart today lord today lord let them know un, unequivocally that you know them by name and they are yours when they walk through the waters of difficulty they will not drown when they go through the fire they will not burn they will not come out smelling like smoke father because you are the lord their savior who redeems them fear not says the lord fear not for i have called you by name and you are mine and because you are mine no man and no thing, no weapon formed against you will prosper, neither shall it succeed. Father, I bless them today in Jesus' name. Come on, can we just give the Lord a huge hand? Just stay there, maybe just stay with these sisters. And then um, this other name, um, Brendan, or I don't know if it might be Brenda. I don't know if the name Brenda or Brendan. I feel like it's Brendan, but is there that, does that name mean anything to anyone and if Brendan's not here, God bless you. Um, I'm just going to wait a sec. Does that ring a bell? If it doesn't ring a bell, then, uh, you know, one out of two ain't bad. Oh, two out, yeah, two out of three. Yeah, well, there you go. All right. I think. Um. Candice, yeah, so it was awesome talking to you and um, <laughs> how, how, what an amazing journey. You should know this lady's story, it's great. But I really just want to encourage you, to one, to keep going, but secondly is that the seal of the Holy Spirit is actually coming to seal the work in you. You have to seal the work. And um, it's almost like, it's like saying that that jar where the cracks have been and all that sort of stuff, it's like the sealing is happening. Just stand with this precious woman. Yeah, like the sealing of that gold coming into every splinter where you have, you've got, you felt like you had no strength. You've, you've, you've had no, no capacity and and you've looked in your house, but now you're looking up, and the Lord's like sealing your heart up, sealing all the stuff, so that what He's begun in you, He'll finish. And you're not to feel discouraged, like you've let Him down. No, the Father says, "Oh, my daughter, I'm so pleased with you. I'm so pleased with you. I'm more more in love with your attempt than than just the outcome." And and God just wants to keep drawing you. Just let him. Would you just 
Father, I just thank you right now, Holy Spirit, Lord, that you seal the deep work that you are doing and have already done, Lord, in her life. Father, that that the, the voices that say you're not going to make it would change to your voice that says, I'm with you. Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, seal every single thing where stuff has been broken, Lord. I pray for the gold of your anointing to just, just go over her. Today when she leaves, she's sitting at home when she's lying in bed, when she's at the shop, Lord, I thank you that you would remind her that you are working with her and around her, and she is not alone, Lord. I pray, Father God, for all those, all those things that the enemy has tried to use for evil, Lord, that you turn all of them around for good, for good, for good, for good. Your empathy and your compassion is something that is, is going to be a, 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 such a, a magnet to people, just everyday people. They will never darken the doors of a building. They will never come into the church community, but they will be people that your voice will heal because the same healing and sealing of God that's going on in you, you'll actually bring to other people. And they will find God and they will be reconciled to Him because of the empathy and compassion that you have felt yourself from God Himself. So, Lord, I just bless her right now. Thank you, God, for your encouragement in this place right now. Could you just lift your hands one more time? We're going to finish. Father, thank you for your encouragement in here. Thank you for every marriage that's in here, Lord. Pray for them that you would strengthen them. Father, I thank you for such a release of faith in this place. I want to encourage you to take the word and act upon it of new harvest, of beginning to start to reach out to your community, begin those projects, begin to have those conversations, begin to pray like you prayed before, begin to, begin to believe like you used to, begin to stretch out your hand and pray for the sick like you used to, begin to just prophesy like you used to, begin to read your Bible like you used to, get back into that place where, where God is breathing and drawing you in and He's not far away. I'm telling you, you take one step, He's taking a thousand towards you. And I just thank you, Lord, for a freshness over this place. Not a dryness, Lord. I declare dryness is over. Over. Over in this place. Over, over people's hearts. Over, over people's lives, God. I declare fruitfulness and, and barrenness to go, Lord, and fruitfulness and life and, and blessing to begin to flow. Even this week, Lord, even in the next coming months and over the next consecutive years, Lord, I thank you there would be such a testimony from the hearts of the people that are in this room. And if you believe that, would you just give the Lord a shout of praise up in here? Come on. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm going to hand it back to Pastor Mel. Wow. Thank you so much, Mark. What a powerful word, hey? What an awesome word. He said he was going to mess us up and he stuck true to his promise. I hope my mascara's not running too much. Uh, that was just so awesome. So thank you so much.